Well, a very good morning to you all. And welcome to worship with us here um, in the church, whether you're joining us physically or whether you're listening later or watching online, you are all most welcome. Please just remember, you all know by now, keep Mima in the loop about whether you're going to be able to come on a Sunday morning or not. Um, you need to book your seat and similarly, please unbook it if you don't need it because there's sometimes a waiting list. The next Zoom chat isn't until Tuesday the 7th of December, so that's a wee bit away still. The craft team is now meeting every Tuesday afternoon between 1 and 3 in the hall. The next meeting of the Guild is tomorrow at 2 o'clock when Nigel will celebrate communion with us and you are all most welcome to come along at that time. It's been decided, as I think you all know, not to have a Christmas fair this year. Instead, we would be very grateful for any monetary donations for the amount you normally have spent at the fair. If you are able, could you please put your donation in an envelope and mark it Christmas Fair and either put it in the plate or give it to Jean or any of the fundraising committee. It would also be really useful if you could mark on the envelope whether or not you um, are a gift aid person because if we can claim back gift aid on your donation, then that would be obviously to our advantage. Okay, thanks for that. There are also quiz sheets down here, um, two very good quizzes for you, um, if you would like to take one. And there's also hamper tickets available today and for the next few weeks for the beautiful um, Christmas hamper that's out there. Um, committee reports are for the next Kirk Session meeting, which is on Thursday the 2nd of December, are required by Friday of this week, please. Okay. Um, so, if you haven't done it, please get it done. <laughs> also, depending on completion of the work in the church, um, we're hoping to have a Christmas tree festival on Saturday the 11th of December, and we'll keep you informed as soon as we possibly can. In connection with that, it would be appreciated if some members could come on Wednesday of this week from 10 o'clock onwards to shampoo the red chairs. The red chairs are what we'll be using in the church and they've been sitting there gathering dust, so they need a bit of a clean. If you're able to come along on Wednesday, could you please also bring a bucket and a sponge or a cloth? <laughs> it would be helpful, <laughs> okay, so that we're not all sharing one bucket. Um, articles for the December edition of the Kirkgate Messenger are required by next Sunday, please. And additionally, if you'd like to add a Christmas greeting in the magazine, instead of sending some Christmas cards, please send the details along with a small donation to Elizabeth McMahon. And Elma Hunter would like to thank everyone who contributed to and helped with the rag bag collection, which raised £68 for church funds. So well done, everybody. Just before I sit back down again, it didn't escape my notice that it's a year since Nigel's induction here. His induction was on Thursday the 17th of November, so a year ago, and it was a very difficult start for Nigel and his family because we know that numbers at the induction were very limited and there was no cup of tea afterwards. Nigel and Saviour unfortunately had to stay in Glasgow um, because we had the tenants in the manse 
And we were lucky, really, looking back on it, that the weather was such that Nigel was able to travel up and down um, on a Sunday morning because that would have been very difficult indeed. They welcomed Dylan to their family in late December and were finally able to move here in April. It's not been the easiest of times for Nigel to get to know people and we thank God that Nigel has persevered with that and he is um, getting there with names and putting names and faces together. We ask God's blessing on them all as they continue to settle here. And we would like to invite all of you, if you're able, to stay for tea and coffee and cake this morning after the service, okay? Now, it's going to be a little bit different. You'll have to stay seated and we will bring it round to you, okay? Please don't get up and wander around. You're not allowed to do that. You are allowed to take your masks off because you're eating and drinking, okay? But you're not allowed to walk around and please don't shout across the room, okay? <laughs> and we would like Nigel and Saviour to accept the flowers that are here today. I'll not bring them up to you, Nigel, because we're not supposed to touch and everything else, but um, the flowers there and you can take them home to Saviour. And we look forward to another year and getting to know you better. Okay, have you round of applause? Thank you, Vivian. Wow, thank you. Thank you to all of you uh, for your love and for the way you have been there. You know, it's been, it's been tough. I think I've never done it. So... <laughs> It has been new, uh, but yet exciting as well. Thank you for bearing with, with me and the family. And I, what a, an unfortunate thing. I think for Sevia and Dee and Dylan, watching from home, uh, unfortunately, you miss cake. But <laughs> uh, I, will, I will tell you the memories and how we have enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to call upon... Um, Margaret to talk about Crossridge Sunday uh, with us and over to you Margaret. I bring greetings to you all from the church, Crossridge Church of Scotland's um, Social Care Council and I'm just going to remind you a wee bit about Crossridge. So Crossridge, care you can put your faith in. At Crossreach, we offer loving care to people of all ages who are in need of a helping hand, supporting them to live life to the full, whatever their circumstances. We've been at the forefront of a high-quality social care for 150 years now. During that time, we've worked hard to understand the needs of the people who turn to us for help and with them and have been with them at the forefront of the pioneering services which have literally, literally, literally <laughs> changed thousands of lives for the better. Today, we're one of the largest care providers in Scotland with experience across a broad range of services. We're still growing, learning and improving thanks to the incredible people we have, the privilege to support and all those who support us. Our Christian ethos, we aim to show the practical side of our Christian faith by reflecting Christian love to those who support through our leadership, management and working relationships. The Social Council is accountable for the work of Crossreach. Its remit is to provide social care services and specialist resources in Christ's name to further the caring work of the Church of 
the church to people in challenging circumstances. It also helps to identify areas of need and guides the church in new approaches to relevant problems in society as well as responding on issues arising in the council's area of concern. During the pandemic, there has been a natural focus on those working in care homes. Dedicated staff who not only have been providing care in exceptionally trying circumstances, but have done so selflessly and often at risk to their own well-being. Not only have they been called upon to use their caring skills to support some of the most vulnerable members of community, but they have needed to support families who were separated from loved ones at times of serious illness and even death. In addition, they have been required to keep on top of an often changing regularity regime. To them, the church owns a huge debt of gratitude. And on this Sunday, we remember those staff who contracted COVID and continue to suffer longer term effects. We especially remember and give with thanksgiving the service of one staff member who died last summer of COVID and we hold their family in our prayers. Let us also recognise the many other varied and valued services provided by Crossreach to those in particular needs. The work to support and help rehabilitate those who have suffered addiction, alcohol or drug misuse and who have experienced mental health issues. The commitment the honour, to honour the promise to children and young people entrusted to Crossreach's care that every child grows up loved, safe and respected and able to realise their full potential. Jesus said, I was in prison and you visited me. During the pandemic, lockdown visits by family to those in prison were particularly difficult. In response of Crossreach's prison visitor support centres in Pullman and Perth prisons, these have been valued and appreciated in helping the prisoners and their families to maintain contact. A visit to the Crossreach website will help identify a fuller range of the Crossreach services. Our mission statement is, in Christ's name, we seek to support people to achieve the highest quality of life, which they are capable of achieving at any given time. In doing so, they seek to serve the servant king, who said that he came that he might have life, life in its fullness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are filled with awe as we contemplate the power and majesty of our sovereign Lord. But even more do we marvel that the Lord through whom all things were made entered our world as a baby and came not to be served but to serve. Father, we are aware that we sometimes fail to respond to the needs of those we meet, and it's daunting, and it's daunting to confess our shortcomings before such a kingly figure. And yet we recognise that through Christ's servanthood, we are understood and can be restored beyond our imagining. We pray that we may be inspired by and learn from the example of servanthood displayed in the work of Crossreach, May we follow the, the way of the servant king, recognising the different personal needs and aspirations of others, and standing ready to help, encourage and support. May we be conscious that in doing things for others, however noble our motives, we do not 
create a relationship which makes them feel subservient to us. Always remember that whenever we do something for the least important of our brothers and sisters, we do it for, for Jesus. So let us give thanks for the work of the Crossreach across the land. Let us thank, give thanks for the work of Viv and her team at Caris House and pray that they know the Spirit's wisdom and guidance as they plan operations and strategy. Thankful that in administration, they still enforce a focus of care and compassion. Let us give thanks and pray for those who provide care in different settings, staff and volunteers who care for the elderly, staff and volunteers who work alongside those with alcohol and drug dependency problems, staff and volunteers who seek to support people with mental health difficulties, staff and volunteers who strive to ensure that children and young people in their care are loved, safe and respected and able to realise their full potential staff and volunteers who support the prisoners and their family. Indeed, all those in Crossreach who serve the Servant King through supporting people to achieve the highest quality of life, which they're capable of achieving at any given time. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, the Servant King. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Margaret, for such a powerful reminder of what God is doing in our world, in our country, and in many different parts of the world too. You know, when you think of what she's been sharing about the caring that we need to offer out there to other people, uh, the care we need to provide to those who have mental health issues, perhaps one of the questions we ask ourselves is, where is God? Or perhaps we, we wonder who is in charge? Who is ruling this world? I think as we continue with our worship, I want to ponder more and more on the question, on the question who is in charge? Who is your king in your life today? Who rules? Who, who is the head of your life? Who is your supreme influencer? Who directs you? Who offers you comfort and guidance? Maybe closer home, who is Jesus to you this morning? Is he robed in majesty? Is he armed with strength or the one who is despised and handed over to die for the love that he has for God and for all people? Let us worship Christ the King, the King in our world today, even in the world to come. He is the King of glory. We join our, our voices together as we sing hymn 458. <laughs>
Now let's join our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, this is the day you have made for worship, and we thank you for it. We thank you for each other, for the people we are and the places we have come from, for all that we shall become as we walk with you. For all you have given, we praise and worship you. We thank you for the love of Christ encircling us, your spirit guiding us, so that we might bring our lives before you in praise and worship. Loving God, you are ever at work in our lives and striving to help and strengthen our world, heal and comfort, forgive and restore, undo wrongs and establish right. Merciful God, we have not been humble. We have not sought your wisdom. We have been rude and selfish in our own wants and actions. We have hurt others. We know what we have done. Please forgive our faults. While we deserve only judgment, you offer us grace and the hope of life renewed. Merciful Father, we praise you that through Jesus Christ we are forgiven, we are renewed, and through him we are taught how to live and serve. Today especially, Father, we ask your blessing on Nigel, Saviour, Dee and Dylan, as we remember the past year with them and give thanks for, for bringing them to us. We ask all this through the same Jesus Christ who taught us when we pray to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Vivian, and thank you, Stuart, for that lovely hymn. Friends, today is a, another special Sunday. I, I, I hope by now you're not getting bored, especially uh, Sunday after Sunday, as I remind you how special it is. Um, because every Sunday is special indeed. It is Resurrection Sunday. So I, I think if there's nothing in your life to give thanks to God for, you can give thanks to God for the fact that he is alive. Did you hear that? He is alive. Jesus is alive. And I think that can blow your mind off. In fact, just saying Jesus is alive should give us enough strength to go back home. Do you know that? Um, so yeah, so today is special and, and every Sunday is special. But today is special because it's one Sunday away from Advent. And next Sunday, can you believe it, we will be talking about Advent. Uh, and we're not talking about the second, the, the first coming of Jesus because we know he came. Uh, we are talking about the second coming of Jesus. And almost every Sunday, again, there's a sense in which we ought to say, hey, he's coming, by the way. It might be this week. It might be Monday. It might be Tuesday. We never know. 
And what Advent does is it gets us in that, have you ever seen people who are preparing for, for a battle or preparing for a race? Their adrenaline is up and they are almost like, you know, I, I, I'm ready. The question is, are you ready? If Jesus is to come today, are you ready? Uh, and that goes for those who are listening from home or listening later on. Are you ready? And, you know, in the history of, you know, our, our traditional churches, this Sunday is referred to as uh, Christ the King Sunday. And I think the irony is this. We are saying Christ is the King. He is the one who rules, who is the one who is in charge. And I think to proclaim that Christ is the King a week before Advent is so much because by the time we get into Advent and deeper and deeper into, you know, preparing for the second coming of Jesus Christ, but also for his birthday, we are empowered to, to remember all that. So let's prepare our hearts. This morning we are reading in John chapter 18. Looks like we have, we've been doing so well in, in John. And I think we're good in John, right? Um, so we're looking at John chapter 18, and we're going to be reading from verse 33 to 38. Why don't we join our hearts and look to Jesus before we hear the word read to us? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, we pray that you grant us to hear the scripture read, to make a mark in our life as we learn and inwardly digest the scripture, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Pilate went back into the palace and called Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus answered, Does this question come from you, or have others told you about me? Pilate replied, Do you think I'm a Jew? It was your own people and the chief priests who handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus said, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom belonged to this world, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. No, my kingdom does not belong here. So Pilate asked him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. I was born and came into the world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. 
And now reading from Revelation chapter 1, starting in verse 4 and reading to verse 8. Grace and peace be yours from God, who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits in front of this throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the first to be raised from the death, and who is also the ruler of the kings of the world. He loves us, and by his sacrificial death, he has freed us from our sins and made us a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. To Jesus Christ be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming on the clouds. Everyone will see him, including those who pierced him. All peoples on earth will mourn over him. So shall it be. I am the first and the last, says the Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, and who is to come. Amen. Why don't we rejoice because the Lord is King? We sing together 449.
Hallelujah. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be to you, Lord, something worth. Amen. As I've said, today is Christ the King Sunday, or another way it's referred to as the reign of Christ Sunday. You know, it is set aside to reaffirm the kingship of Christ into this world. And Christ the King Sunday ushers in the beginning of a new Christian year that points us to the life, to the death, and to the resurrection of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and as King. For us here at Kegget, we have just finished eight weeks of series on moments with Jesus. And the question now comes to you, who is in charge of your life? Who rules your life? Or put it simply, who, whose voice do you follow today? Uh, trusting that you have had a moment with Jesus, I trust that perhaps Jesus is at the center of your life. Because to be honest, there are two primary voices in this world, whether you agree with me or not, but there is the voice of Christ that constantly comes to us. And there is also the voice of the devil. And whether you like it or not, through people, through music, through many different things, you will hear those two voices. You have heard them. You're going to hear them in the week. And there's no doubt that if you are a believer, you ought to hear Christ's voice. You ought to hear Christ saying something to you. Do you know why people cannot do without a Bible study? Do you know why people cannot do without uh, getting together and praying together? Because it is in praying together, it is in Bible studies, it is in time alone with God that we hear the voice of God. So are you hearing the voice of God? There's something that I want you to keep at the back of your mind as we continue to expand on this passage that we, we read specifically in John. In John chapter 14, Thomas said to Jesus, as Jesus was talking about him leaving this world. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Because we really need to know the way. And Jesus in verse 6 said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we keep this at the back of our minds as we deal with this trial of Jesus before Pilate. But before we pick up from verse 33, here is what has happened this far. And I think you only need, you need the other Gospels to fill you in in order to understand the context. Pilate in verses 28 through to 32 has met the accusers of Jesus, people, the Jewish leaders who are accusing Jesus of something. So in, we read, Pilate asked them, 
What accusations do you bring against this man? And they answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. And we know, maybe you don't, but we know if from reading scripture that they are looking for a way to just point Jesus as a bad person. The Jewish leaders also realized they could not touch Jesus. They could not do anything to him unless Pilate stamps on whatever action they were planning for Jesus to be able to be crucified later on. So they, they had to find a way. And unfortunately for them, uh, they could not find that way in a dodgy way. So Pilate had to say to them, come on, good people. What is it that you are bringing against this man? And unfortunately, in chapter 18, you don't find what they are bringing before Jesus. But if you go to Luke chapter 23, verse 2 specifically, we read what they are accusing Jesus of. And they began to accuse him, saying, this is the accusation. We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. So what happens next? Once these charges were made against Christ by the Jewish leadership, Pilate had no other choice but now to initiate a trial. And Pilate, as the man in charge, he had to listen to the accusers, he had to listen to Jesus, and then make his own conclusion. Now that brings us to chapter 18, verse 33 to 38, which records for us the initial examination of Christ. So Pilate has listened to the accusers. They have said whatever in, in chapter 18, they're not saying anything that makes sense. They're just saying if he was not, if he was not uh, an evildoer, would not have brought him before you. But in, in Luke, we have been told what they are accusing him of. So now, Pilate has to begin the trial or he has to begin the examination. How did Pilate begin the trial? Pilate began by asking Christ a question. And he asked Jesus this, are you, and I like Christian, you are a good reader, by the way. You read it very well, and I, because English is not my first language, I, I won't express it the, in the best way. Go back and read and, and, and listen to how Christian has elaborated in her reading clearly. But this is the question. Are you king of the Jews? And Pilate was not asking a question he was expressing disbelief in that question. In other words, when we are reading Pilate's question to Christ, we ought to read it like this. Are you, pointing at Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? This is how we should read it. But how do we know this? Pilate has been led to believe by the Jewish leaders that this man was a revolutionary man, 
a man who was coming in on a political level, coming in to pose a, a threat to Rome. And this is clearly not what Pilate saw as Jesus stood before him. <laughs> Pilate could not see a political king. No wonder why he has to express himself this way. Are you? Are you the king of the Jews? Rather than seeing a man that is in many ways being accused of causing a, a revolution, he could not see Jesus the same way, unfortunately, because he did not look anything like a political king. I, I'm sure you all know how the political kings would look like. There was nothing in Jesus when they looked at him that looked like someone who was going to be a king according to the standards of this world. Of course, the question for Pilate was, where is his royal clothes? Where was his scepter or where was his crown? Where were his followers? Jesus did not at all fit the... Pilate's image of what a king or a political king should look like. And that, of course, had an impact in how he then asks Jesus questions. And I love this about Jesus. Christ used Pilate's initial question of disbelief to seize and control the trial. Remember, he is not an implied king. He is the king. In essence, Jesus is the king. Now he's showing that I am a king. And how does he do that? He asks Pilate his own question. In verse 34, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? That's Jesus. You see, the, the wisdom of a king is very tactical. He's saying, well, they, they, they can miss it. They can miss the point, but I won't. Let me show you. And then he begins to ask Pilate, are you asking this on your own account? Or you're asking this because they have told you things about me? For sure, Christ knows that Pilate believes that there is no way that he could possibly be a political king and therefore a, a threat to Rome. Christ knows that. He believes that. And it's clear for him when he looks physically at Jesus. So he knows that these charges are ridiculous against Jesus. But he, he doesn't have strength or the basis or wisdom to play around. But I love how Jesus makes Pilate uncomfortable here when Jesus is actually on trial and he acts like a king. He acts like the king he's claimed to be. And then, of course, when you follow the story, you can see that Pilate is uncomfortable and he gets to say, do you think I'm a Jew? Now all of a sudden it's like he's feeling the pressure. <laughs> he, he's having to throw it back at Jesus and he says, do you think I'm a Jew? It was your own people and the chief priests who have handed you to me. And this leads to Pilate's second question. 
What have you done for your own people to be doing this to you? As if to give Jesus an opportunity again to seize the moment and look at what Jesus now begins to do, which is very key for us and very key for every Christian. And he says, my kingdom does not belong to this world. And I'm afraid many of us have misinterpreted that statement. When we have Bible study, we'll look deeper into that at some point. But Jesus says, my kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom belonged to this world, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. No, my kingdom does not belong here. He has said a lot in that statement. He has said a mouthful in that statement. But if you, if you go back, you will remember that Peter has acted exactly according to the understanding of this political kind of political kind mindset within the kingdom. He has taken his word and he had to do what he had to do. Peter was thinking and was short-sighted and he could not see the spiritual world that Jesus is referring to here. And what Jesus is saying to us, not to the people of that time, to us is that as Christians, we have two kingdoms we are concerned about. Do you know that? Or do you remember that? The earthly kingdom and the heavenly kingdom. So as such, Jesus is the king of the heavenly kingdom. And as Christians, we are about what happens to us here on earth, but also we care about heavenly whereabouts. So Pilate asked him further, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. I was born and came into this world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. In other words, he was saying to Pilate, Pilate, if you know what's good for you, you would listen to me because I came into this world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. And I'm about to tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. What do we learn about Christ's kingdom from this portion of verse 37? We learn that Christ's kingdom is based on the truth as revealed in and through Jesus Christ. This world with all its kingdoms and kings are based on lies, the lies of the devil, who, who is the ruler of this world according to John 12 verse 31. But this is not true of Christ's kingdom. Christ's kingdom is based on the truth as he himself has revealed the truth and will continue to reveal the truth today and even in the days to come. The question to you this morning is, are you? Are you part of this kingdom or not? Are you on, on the seats? Are you the driver of your own life? Are you driving your own life and channeling 
the way to go? Or is Christ on the seat in your life? Does the worldly standard determine how you act? Does the world tell you what to do and when to do it? If you want to know where truth is, hey, just look to Jesus. Jesus is the truth. What did Jesus tell his disciples in John 14 verse 6? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. What did Jesus tell those who had believed in him in John chapter 8 verse 31 to 32? This is what he said. If you continue in my word, then then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Are you hearing me? If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The question is free from what? Free from the kingdom of darkness and from the rule of the devil who is the father of lies. And this is what we are freed from as we respond to the truth as revealed to us through Christ. Let me finish with verse 38. Pilate said to him, what is truth? He said, what is truth? I mean, today, Christians, churchgoers, or people who come to church, do you see that they are different? They are Christians, people who come to church, people who sit in church, or people who visit the church. I could go on and on and on. They are so confused sometimes on what is the truth. When Pilate said, what is the truth? It was as if he was saying, I've been looking for the truth all my life. And in fact, it's almost like his actions speaks more when he say, he's almost saying through his action, there is no truth. Many of us are conforming to this understanding that there is no truth. But I want to tell you as I come to close that Jesus is the truth. And unfortunately, Pilate could not recognize the truth. The truth was in front of Pilate. And he did not even probe further to say, what are you talking about? Will you see the truth and know the truth? Will you live by the truth found in Christ? I want to read this. Christine has read it well. Look, he is coming on the clouds. Everyone will see him, including those who pierced him. All peoples on earth will mourn over him. So shall it be. I am the first. And the last, says the Lord God Almighty. 
who is and who is, who was and who is to come. I urge you to allow God's love to take lead when you listen to people, when you speak to people, when you act around people. Let that love of Christ that comes through the truth, which is Jesus. Because as we await in waiting for Advent, waiting for the truth that was born in a manger, fill your hearts with nothing except the truth. And the truth is found nowhere else except in Christ's. And Christ is found everywhere. And I know that's a very dangerous statement, but he's right there where you can whisper to Christ and you can say to Christ, I need you. And when that happens, the light of Christ will shine upon the world right here and even where we go home. And people will identify with this truth in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. You are the God of hope, the God of love. You give and give and give. But here we are. We give our money. We give our time. We give everything. Lord, bless these gifts of money. Those that have transferred, those who have given in, in kind, those who have given through their time, those who have given through their gifts and talents. Lord, may you bless so that together all this can take part in the extension of your kingdom. Lord, you are the hope and joy we turn our thoughts to you. We pray for those who are seeking hope. We pray for peace for those who are surrounded by pain. We pray for hope for those who are in despair. We pray for joy for those who are in pain. We pray for comfort for those who are mourning. Holy One, your heavenly realms beckon, calling us. May your realm be here too, here with us. May we join the ranks of those who seek to follow you as they seek the light of Christ to shine upon their lives. You reminded us when you said to Pilate, for this I was born and for this I came into this world. You knew from the start what was to come and still you came. You came to be the one both praised and despised, loved and feared, honored and hated, yet still you came. You came to testify to the truth. You came to give the world the truth. And the world did not recognize the truth in you. Lord, you are the truth. You are the true healer. Lord, the one who touches those who are sick and they are healed. Lord, we continue to cry out to you for the healing of the sick, sitting right in front of you, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, 
You can do it. You can do it. As they listen, you can do it. You can heal. You can touch. You can change their situation. Lord Almighty, you are the truth. You are the way. You are life. And we need you. Lord, we need you. May we hear you. May we hear your voice. We listen. Help us to hear. We listen, help us to know. We listen, help us to accept. Empower us, Lord, to be the hope in this world. When people think there's no truth, or when people think that there are many truths, Father God, reach to our world, to our three towns, to our hearts, to our neighbors, and to all those we love, because you're good. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus shall reign wherever the sun
pleased and go now out in the world a world reigned by earthly leaders go proclaim god's kingdom show grace and mercy to all people save your brothers and sisters as jesus did comfort all in need as the spirit guides you may god's blessing be upon you all you love now and always amen